This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. Every child deserves a team. That's the belief behind Jigsaw Learning, a proud sponsor of the B Podcast Network. And it's why the company, founded by educators Curtis and Lorna Hewson, focuses on ensuring success for all learners through collaborative response, an approach in which every child is supported by a team. Through customized professional learning that incorporates workshops, leadership development, online learning opportunities, and more, Jigsaw Learning can guide you every step of the way to create a plan to maximize the collective capacity in your schools. Learn more at jigsawlearning.ca. TL Talk Radio, Season 7, Episode 32. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 32 of TL Talk Radio. I'm Lynn Funy-Hatton. And I'm Randy Ziegenfuss. Today we're talking with Graham Winder, CEO at MellowQuest Incorporated, creator of Keys and Kingdoms, music video game, and the creator of the Site Reduction Method, or SRM. Struggling to learn in traditional methods his entire life, Graham decided to rewrite the book on music learning based on his own experiences. After many years of research and experimenting, he discovered the sight reduction method, which trains students to know how to play any song simply by listening to it. His vision for bringing more music to the world runs hand in hand with his hope of improving the lives of all children through better education. Graham has devoted his entire life to making this dream become a reality. Keys and Kingdoms is transforming how children learn music through the integration of adaptive technology, proven learning methods, and epic adventure gameplay. Welcome to the podcast, Graham. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Great. So let's get our conversation started with a personal story about how you became interested in reinventing how we teach music to young learners. This all stemmed from my upbringing uh, and my struggles in music learning growing up. I loved everything about music. Um, I just, I couldn't wait to get home and uh, jump on the piano. Uh, and in, I realized quickly in traditional lessons that I was not learning the way my teacher was wanting me to learn. And what I mean by that is through the sight learning, sight reading uh, in the books. Um, what I would do is I would wait till the end of class, have her play me the song that she wanted me to learn, and I'd be listening very carefully to the song. And when she left, I'd run back and try to pick out the notes I heard. And I started doing that at the age of five. <clears throat> and I actually, I guess, quote unquote, faked sight reading for about eight years <laughs> growing up. Until uh, so one fateful day, she realized I couldn't read a single note. Um, and that was very frustrating for her as a teacher. As I, being a teacher myself, I understand when you're trying to develop your students in a certain way and they're not doing that and they're 
in fact, doing something completely opposite of what you're trying to get them to do. Um, you know, that was, uh, that was kind of the, one of the crossroads where, um, she said to me, you probably shouldn't be in music. And that was very confusing because I could play, you know, I could, I could play songs. I could play, uh, plenty of stuff on the piano. I just couldn't read. And so I, you know, being the rebellious 13 year old at the time, I, I said, fine, I quit like, everyone. and that was it. And then, um, you know, that lasted, uh, that hiatus was about two days. <laughs> and then two days later, good for you. <laughs> I know, back on the back on my instrument, just and I had thrown all the books away because like, I didn't need them anyway. I couldn't read, so I threw all my material away, and I was like, "What do I play?" And so I just started plunking around and just, uh, "Oh, I like the sound of that." Oh, I like the sound of that. And, and unbeknownst to me at the time, is the first eight years I was actually developing ear pathway, of learning the second, and then after I quit, I started developing the creative pathway because now I didn't have any notes to read any books. So I just created music. And so that was kind of, I stumbled uh, clumsily into these uh, really powerful learning pathways. So I love that story because I think it probably resonates with a lot of the stories that kids today and all, you know, throughout eternity here would, would, would say about how music instruction happens in school, that there was that point where they just got too frustrated with the demand to be able to sort of extract the sound through the symbol and it just became not, not that much fun anymore and and really taking the focus off the idea that music is oral music is sound sound before symbol i remember uh, as a music teacher you know that was that was a principle that was drilled into us um so I, I think it's a great story and it really lays the foundation for um, the work that we want to talk about today, and that is keys and kingdoms and the sight reduction method. So talk to us about how these are coupled together to transform how children learn to perform music. Your comment on sound before symbol. I mean, if you think about how language is built up in, in our development, if you don't start by reading notes or sorry, reading letters and words, you start by imitating sounds and then attaching meaning to sound. And so that was... You know, it's a very natural, organic way to learn. And and I thought, boy, why don't we just learn music this way, too? It just makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, as, as I got through college, um, and I say, you know, got through barely, and I ended up getting a degree in a totally different uh, study, but very quickly came back to music afterwards and said, you know, this is my passion. This is what I love to do. And so we decided to, you know, um, open up a school. My wife and I, we said, you know, I wonder if we could teach kids to learn, you know, the way that I learn, which is, you know, kind of non-visual. Is that, is there a way to take somebody to a high level of musicianship without having them read a single note? Um, certainly we want them to be able to read, you know, reading is a great skill. And I, I don't want to come across as, you know, anti-reading because I actually think sight reading is a very powerful skill and there's so many great applications to sight. Um, but I'm kind of speaking more towards you know, what we found to be the mass majority of kids, like you just said, that, you know, struggle with sight reading and struggle to reach high levels and stay with it long enough to really benefit. And so we wanted to get kids into the door right away um, and really discovering their true musical potential in, in music that they've been exposed to their whole life, you know, and that's really with the basis of SRM, which is saying, you know what? We know that we can take you in that direction with Sirene, but let's see if we can just unlock your natural potential immediately with what you've been doing uh, your whole life and listening to music. And so 
that's where kind of the, the foundation of SRM came from. Uh, we built it up in our school. And then we thought, you know, we started seeing some amazing results. You know, that, that was, this was a thing that was shocking to my wife and I. We were like, these kids are being, they're able to do these things that just, they almost look like magicians. We call them musician magicians because you can literally play them anything and, and they listen to it for a few seconds and they're on their instruments playing that exact thing. And you're just like, and this is like seven, eight, nine-year-olds doing this, you know. My, it's not that impressive when adults do it. I mean, it's impressive, but not as impressive as if you see a, a seven, eight, or nine-year-old doing this. And so we thought, oh, my goodness, we have got to reach a lot more kids. And, of course, the natural evolution of that was let's put this onto some kind of software platform. And our first attempt didn't go so well. Um, we put it, uh, we developed some ed tech software and, you know, teachers liked it. They were using it in classroom, but the kids, you know, it was fun for them. It was a different way of learning music, but it wasn't that engaging. And so after, you know, hitting my head in the wall for about two and a half years on that project, we said, you know, we have the wrong, we have the wrong program. <laughs> we have to build, we have to build a game that can hold up to Roblox, Minecraft, and Fortnite, basically. And with a very limited budget, that's hard to do. Um, and so we said, well, we have to get some really talented game developers who can do tremendous things with very little. <laughs> so that was our next big hurdle. And so we found a, a tremendous uh, gaming uh, development company called Leviathan Games out of Boulder. And we put together, you know, um, the scope of work of, okay, this is what the game should look like. And it turned out to be an amazing uh, polished MVP. Um, it's a full role-playing adventure game, kind of like Zelda. And everything you do in the game is music-based. And in fact, your your keyboard or your video game controller is a mini 25 key piano keyboard. So even moving your character is is going to be used on the keys. So everything you do in this game um, is uh, is musical development, and it's also steeped in that SRM methodology. Sounds interesting for young learners and uh, trying to compete with Minecraft and some of those other games must have been uh, quite daunting. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about the neuroscience behind pairing learning music with gaming. You know, what's actually happening in the brain that explains why this approach is so effective for those learners? So what happens when you're, when ch children are gaming is that they're, they're being entertained basically. And you know, and even on a role-playing game, <clears throat> they've actually put themselves into the game as a character, as an avatar. And so, you know, you, you create this fantasy world, basically. Um, and this really appeals to so many of the senses neurologically. Um, it also unlocks a lot of that, you know, good feeling, that good vibe um, that uh, we all really enjoy. And so when you, when you conceal learning into the gaming, to the point where they feel like they're not even learning, they're actually just playing a game, it becomes highly uh, highly engaging on so many different levels. So um, we, what we've seen with the kids is that early on is that they don't feel like they're learning music per se until they actually get off the game and go to piano. Then they go, oh, I've learned something, right? But but in the game, it's because they're so distracted, I say distracted, but they're so like, the, the learning is so concealed. Engaged. It, yeah, edutainment is what they call it. <laughs> it's so engaging on the entertainment side um, that, you know, the, the learning is almost uh, subconscious in a way. <laughs> and that turns out to be a very effective way to learn. Um, it's kind of like when you, when, when you find something in life that you love to do and 
yes, you're lear- you're doing it and you're learning and you're experiencing it, but because it's so much fun, you don't even feel like it's work. You know, that's that's kind of what we wanted to do with this game. We wanted to meet the kids where they're at. You know, where these kids are at today, it's you know, it's all on media. You know, it's it's uh, TV shows, it's um, you know, it's uh, movies and it's video games. And so we wanted to compete in that space for their time because that's really what you're asking them to do after a long day of school. And you ask them to learn some more after that, after school, oh, let's now go do your music lessons. You know, they're ready to shut down. You know, they want to go play, they want to go have fun. So we said, let's, let's, um, let's marry the two together and let's see if we couldn't still get a really powerful educational result, but at the same time, you know, kind of fit their need to be entertained and to be, you know, um, stimulated, you know, uh, in, in how gaming can do it. And that's that's the power of the two, you know, the two uh, industries combined. Yeah, what you're sharing reminds me of the idea of flow and like what we should be trying to do in schools is creating more experiences for kids and teachers too in their environment to experience that flow where you're sort of like balancing on that line of, too hard, too difficult, and that's really what gaming is. Gaming gets us into that into that flow state, and then, like you said, we're learning things that we don't realize that we're learning, and then those easily get translated to kids popping over to the keyboard, and you know, suddenly they're they're picking picking some tunes out there. So, yeah, that idea of flow is something that I really really connected in your answer there. We are living the realities of the pandemic uh this is being recorded in in april so hopefully uh we're on the on the the end of this thing and we're going to be getting kids back in schools and more of a normal normal basis but over the last year uh so many kids have been learning at home so how has uh keys and kingdoms helped support music instruction keeping that going in this sort of home learning environment yeah you're exactly right i mean you know, if there's ever a silver linings to these things, and we have to look at the silver linings because what's going on today is so difficult on so many families and businesses. And <clears throat> so the silver lining for us is that, you know, we've never had a moment in our history where you have more families that are comfortable learning at home on technology. You know, it's just the whole tide rose uh, with this because we were forced to. Um, so whether you were for learning at home before or not, um, you probably were forced to do it in some capacity. So your, <clears throat> your tolerance and your acceptance of it has gone up. And so we come, we come to the market now with a product that fits right into that narrative and saying, you know, you may not be able to have that piano teacher come over to your house anymore, you know, for a while. And that was me with my students. I couldn't, then I couldn't teach in home anymore. I had to teach virtually. Um, and so what do you do to, you know, keep the music development going? What do you do to keep your children engaged? Because a lot of children don't do well sitting there in front of a screen for hours and hours, <clears throat> like my children. So um, we wanted to, you know, I guess the timing was actually really, really, you know, more advantageous for us for a product like this, because now we can, can you know, keep that musical development going with students at home. You can even think of this like a homeschool program, if you would, um, <clears throat> it does stand alone. Uh, so you don't need, you know, a teacher or a parent kind of hovering over the child. The, the program, to what you just said earlier about the, you know, challenging them with fun, <clears throat> the program has what's called adaptive learning engine. So this is uh, um, the algorithms under the hood of the game that are constantly assessing the success and fail failures of that student's gameplay. 
And so it's keeping them right into that, um, you know, really nice funnel of about 75 to 85% success. And, and uh, we love that because it's customized to the individual. So whether you've had, you know, 20 years of musical experience or zero, um, everyone can get onto the game and kind of experience it in their own way. So Randy, I'm curious as a music learner, right? <laughs> like what you would have thought of this as a young learner, um, exploring your music talents. Well, I think going through the system, I definitely had those teachers that were like, read the, read the music first and, and not so much about the sound, like extracting the sound through the notes on the page as opposed to extracting the sound out of what's in your head and then translating it into playing it on the instrument. So I think having, if I would have had this, it prob my learning probably would have gone faster because I think that that was almost like a friction, a slowing me down kind of thing. And yeah, I think it definitely served me, you know, being, like you said, being able to sight read, being right. able to, you know, sit down in a band and, and, you know, rip off a couple of charts and tunes and things like that. But I think early on, it was definitely a friction. And, and I can remember frustrating moments like, oh God, do I have to practice? Um, so yeah, I think something like this probably would have been made it a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. And I'm just reflecting of how they adapted. So you didn't have to read the music, right? Printing the letters at the top of the, at the top of the page above the notes, that sort of thing. So you, <laughs> so you didn't have to read the music and this is sort of one much larger leap. So I'm curious as a music expert that you are. Real quickly on that, because Randy, he does have tremendous experience with music and he spoke about flow. <clears throat> and I wanted just to say something on flow because there is a vast difference in performance when you are getting the information externally and then executing on it versus processing it internally and having it come through you. Um, there is a tremendous difference, not just in, it's, it's almost like, it almost would sound the same on the, on the surface, but it feel completely different. So when you put things through you and you become the lens on which the music passes through, um, the, the musical output is, is so much more um, empowering. It's, it's authentic. It's, it's got you kind of hidden in there. It's, it's, hard to, it's hard to, you know, quantify that, but it's, you can feel it. People can feel it. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a powerful thing. And so when you learn by ear versus <clears throat> visual, it almost instinctively becomes more internal. You have to internalize that information and then it comes out and when it comes out, it is just, it's, it's just amazing. We don't listen to students who have memorized notes on a, on a sheet music. When you, we listen to them perform this way through SRM, we're experiencing them. And so there's a vast difference there. I just wanted to kind of highlight that. Yeah, it's a paradigm shift. It's a different way of thinking about how we learn music and how we perform music. So before we invite you to share what's next for you, Graham, we have a few lightning response questions. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. Who's one expert our listeners should connect with to learn more about learning music? I really like um, Mindy Peterson. Uh, she is, she's got a podcast as well, but she's got, um, she connects with so many different Music learners, I really admire her work, and I think that she reaches in a lot of different areas of music. So um, I think you can find, I, I'm not sure of her information at the moment, but uh, 
She's fantastic. I, she, I think she's on Instagram, right? I think so too. I think um, I just started following her and she does have a <laughs> podcast. Yeah. I haven't listened to it. Yeah. She's uh she's one of my favorites. I, I love listening to her interviews and um, just the topics that she covers in music education uh, is fantastic. So yeah. many people, all right, excellent. Next question. If you were recommending one book to our listeners, what would it be? Oh, I haven't written it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Neither have we. I know. <laughs> that is one because, you know, so much of the reading material that I come across in music education is steeped in traditional pedagogy. And so um, we're trying to rewrite the book, literally, on uh, music education. So... I would uh, I would hesitate to recommend one particular book at the moment, but sure. But rest assured, we will have a book coming out. <laughs> All right, that's a sneak preview. All right, last question: What online site, resource, or person do you learn from regularly? Yes, you know I didn't start out you know being an entrepreneur. I never thought, thought I'd be running a gaming tech company. So knowing so little about startups and entrepreneurship, I really kind of last on to Seth Godin. I love his material. I love his message. He's a big advocate of education. And so I'm always looking for the, the next uh, latest and greatest Seth Godin video. <laughs> we appreciate Seth Godin's work as well. Thanks so much for being here. And our last question is what's next for you? What are you working on that you'd like to share with our listeners? Ooh, we got some exciting stuff. So we just signed on our first major artist. I won't say who yet. Uh, but what we're going to do with this artist is we're actually going to create a character avatar in our game for her. And so so players can interact with her in the game. It'll be her voice speaking to them. Um, and then she will invite you to perform her music with her on stage. Um, and we are so excited about this. We think this will be the first of many artists to do this with. Uh, but it gives both the artist and the player a unique experience um with an artist that they might you know have admired from afar but now you feel like they've just invited you into their band <laughs> and so you'll be uh learning their music but also performing with them in the game so we can't wait for that to come out um hopefully by summer of this year that sounds fun uh, yeah i mean it's it's gonna be pretty pretty powerful stuff uh, <laughs> and we also uh i've just um, partnered with a, an amazing nonprofit called uh, GiveAnote.org. They're fantastic, led by Beth uh, Slusher. And we're putting together a music technology empowerment program. And what we're going to be able to do is set up these um, musical Keys and Kingdoms uh, classrooms in schools that are highly underserved in kind of the worst, you know, kind of economic situations. And so we're very excited to to uh, launch that program in the fall and to, uh, you know, bring powerful music education to so many children who, who desperately need it. Um, and it'll have a huge impact on their life. And we can't wait to get started. All right. Thank you so much for sharing those resources with us. And thanks for joining us, Graham. We've enjoyed talking with you. Uh, for our listeners, if you'd like to learn more about Graham's work, you can visit some of the links in the show notes. Uh, we added the um, references that Graham shared with us through those uh, rapid response questions. Each episode, we leave you with a question to think about with the idea of provoking conversation and reflection. This episode's question, how might this different way of learning music re-spark interest in your youngest learners? 
If you've enjoyed this episode, would like to comment or check out the resources shared today, visit the show notes at tealtalkradio.org and look for season seven, episode 32. That's all for this episode. We'll be back next week with another conversation featuring other innovative thought leaders. Thanks again, Graham. Thanks, Graham. Bye-bye. Thanks, Graham. Take care. Want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.